Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cultum Collective Podcast. I'm Ian Bissett, otherwise known as the Sixth Doctor. And joining me, as usual, Mr. Dave AC. Hello, Dave. Yeah, I'm back. Not being replaced just yet. Hi, everyone. No, no. <laughs> Before we get going with today's show, um, Dave and I were at a special event last night online. We were in Second Life. I'm um, looking good. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know and who don't listen to Podshock, naughty people, um, Podshock had a uh, one of its meetups. Uh, they started uh, as what Lewis had thought would be like a yearly thing and now they're going to be a seasonal thing. Uh, so we're going to be having another one coming up in the fall and we hope uh, you can all make it Our that. spring, as Romana would say. Or, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, it was a great turnout last night. Um, Dave uh, and I went on a tour that was given by uh, uh, Vic the First Mornington, who uh, is one of the guys at... Uh, the Doctor Who experience in Cardiff, uh, which is located in the region called Katrina on Second Life. Um, it's well put together. Uh, if you've never been on Second Life and you're a little afraid, uh, but you like Doctor Who and sci-fi, there's some great sims out there, and this is one of the best things I've seen out there. I mean, being able to fly around in a TARDIS and go and run around on a TARDIS console and, and all sorts of lovely stuff. Um, but the event itself was a, was a, a good chance for us all to meet up because um, we're all scattered around the world and around various countries. Um, it's a good chance to meet somewhat face-to-face. Um, and speaking of faces, we worked on Dave's yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I, took, I took Dave and Diane and Ian Walling shopping because uh, they were they're relatively new, so... Uh, we, we went around some of the freebie stores and, and got them kitted out. So um, if you check out the uh, Coltham uh, page on Facebook, you'll actually see some pictures from the event, and uh, you'll see how buff Dave looks. Yeah. Now, since, since this is just your second time there, Dave, what do you think? Well, absolutely. It was excellent. And, um, it, uh, I mean, having said that, I had a lot of care and attention People were sort of uh, teleporting me to various places and helping me along. Victor First, as you said, was uh, great there. Um, and, of course, um, the, the the people who had actually built the place, whose name I unfortunately can't remember off the top of my head, and the DJ that they had was excellent. Um, but it, it was a brilliant meetup. We had a grand, a grand tour, uh, went round with about, ooh, I think he must have had 25 or 6 people with him. Uh, herded us all around, showed us all the things, and um, it was a really good uh, setup for the rest of the day, which went on for some time. And it was great to see uh, quite a few people, I believe, um, well, let's see, uh, who Starship was there, better known to most of us as uh, Who on Who, David Huey. Great to see him there. There was uh, uh, Two Hartman, of course, our own very own Louis Trapani, uh, uh, Pete uh, Pixel, uh, 
Um, that's James. Uh, they haven't quite got around to getting Ken on board yet, but he's only just joined uh, Twitter, so uh, early days. Um, uh, Darth Skeptical, uh, Kojo was there. Bullet Swords, yeah. Bullet 33. <laughs> um, Dalek Slade, who was one of the big people there. Renegade Time Lord. Uh, oh, lots of people there. Any any of the names that Diane? Oh, Diana Lumi. Loomis, that's our uh, Diane Walling that's in the room with us here. Uh, and Tim HQ, <laughs> T-Jury, <laughs> and Kirsty Pixel. What yes. a... And the walk, boys. The walk. <laughs> <laughs> I do walk very well. Yeah, and organ on uh, Glenn Walker, um, which is Mr. Benjamin Elliott. Um, the names you were searching for before, uh, Dave, thanks to Tim in the chat here, uh, Easy McAlpine and Marine Dalek Tomorrow uh, were the ones who built um, the sim, amongst others. Um, so kudos to them and, and, and all of their team who, who put it together. It's great to be able to walk around um, Roll Dalek Plus and, and to you know play around with all of those sims. And it's a great chance for us all to get together in one location and talk and it has some kind of visual representation to look at, you know. Um, and and yeah. it's just a lot of fun. You know, where else can you fly around at um, Roll Dahl Plus? Yeah. Uh, unless, was, uh, unless, you're, unless you're high in Wales. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Benjamin's put in as well. Uh, Oregano, Glen Walker, sorry. Uh, uh, Russell Stonewall, uh, Ramble with Russell. Uh, oh, Vendetta yeah. Whale at Wells, that's Dr. Vendetta on uh, Twitter, some people will know him. Um, so uh, I was Dave A.C. Footman, and uh, when we perhaps uh, introduce people in the room, uh, any of them that were there might just want to have a, a brief mention of uh, uh, what they thought of it. But absolutely excellent. Um, and I think the three monthly are the, the, the seasonal idea is great because one of the things that happened with me is it was so long since I've been in there, I was almost having to relearn the controls. And of course, uh, the other thing was, of course, the uh, Second Life uh, software had been updated. So uh, you need to be in there a little bit more frequently to uh, keep, um, you know, on your toes with it. But yeah, I mean, if you're worried about any of the areas and, and, and what goes on in Second Life, if you stick around um, uh, the Doctor Who experience, it's perfectly fine. You're not going to run into any uh, untoward stuff. They, they're pretty tight with the rules there as far as uh, about, you know, the conduct that's allowed there. So if you don't want to wander outside the sim, don't. You know, there's plenty to do there. There's shops and uh, Doctor Who Online has a presence there. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a great time. Um, I'm in there, of course, uh, Kirsty Pixel. Uh, yes, the only one who's actually a female. <laughs> I used to work in Second Life. But you make a very story. good female, Ian, if I do say so. Thank you very much. <laughs> anyway, now in that we've got some, some young lady in there who really was a lady offered to turn her orientation because she thought you were so good. Well, you know, what can I say? <laughs> I'm just drawn that way. <laughs> All right. Oh, before we did we mention the shirts? One last thing. Did we mention the shirts? Yeah. If if anyone checks out the the, the Cultum site, um, the on on Facebook, uh, you'll see that uh, both Dave and myself are dressed in uh, Cultum Collective podcast T-shirts, and 
those were actually designed by Dave, um, and I was the one who put them into Second Life. Um, but they are actually our real shirts. Um, I've got mine coming to me this week with any luck in time for a meeting source to McCoy. Um, so we, we do have shirts. They may not be the final design. We don't know. We're just going to see how this one goes and, and see where the road takes us. Meeps already wants one. See? Well, <laughs> satisfied customer. <sighs> but, uh, yeah, so check out the pictures. Uh, and uh, I think we should move along with the show. Great. Okay. Well, better open the lid on the people in the collective. Joining us, Mr. Benjamin Elliott, Mr. This Weekend, Doctor Who. Hello, Benjamin. Hello. Yes, uh, This Weekend, Doctor Who, or http colon double backslash tv dot groups dot yahoo dot com slash group slash This Weekend, Doctor Who, with Doctor spelled out. Or you could just search for it on the internet. Uh, seems I've been told I need to plug more often. <laughs> because I don't remember all of that stuff, so I told them off last night. I said, hey, shamelessly plug yourself, would you? I think that didn't come out right. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to change the rating on the show. here in the chat. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Also joining us is Diane. Hello, Diane. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. A little shaky, but you're there. Okay. Okay, and also joining us is Logan. You're welcome to do a shameless plug as well, sir. Good afternoon, guys. How are you today? Good, good. Time for your shameless plug. (laughs) Okay, every Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Logan's Run the Podcast. Talks you ID 49899. Join me tonight. Good job. Join him there. Top bloke. Okay, speaking of top. No. See, I've lost my hey. way now. Uh, never mind. <laughs> I'm trying to stay on a roll and it's not working. Joining us from the land down under, the lovely Romana 2. Hello, boys. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm puddle on the floor. <laughs> and also joining us, Mr. Tim Jury. Hello, Tim. Hello. Hello, everybody. I'm fresh from another Doctor Who filming locations pub crawl yesterday, although I was on the soft drinks because I was making a podcast about it. I was just about to say, I'm like, fresh after a pub crawl? Well, well it's, the th- it's the third <laughs> one. The first, the first one, I, I, I was on ciders in every pub, and I regretted it by the end. And so from the second one onwards, I thought I, I will stick to the orange juices and the fruit juices and things. You'd have had a more exciting report if you'd had the cider. <laughs> Although it, it might be exciting anyway, but I mean, it yeah, well, could have been. It would have started coherent in the first link and, and slurred words by the last one, I think. Isn't that no, the normal I, way? I, I, li- I like my <laughs> idea of, of, of stay on the soft drinks because then you can just have fun watching everybody else getting drunk. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, moving right along, also joining us, Meeps625. Hello, Meeps. Yellow. Yellow. Hi. Blue. Red. Very <laughs> clever. <laughs> I know. So, before we delve headlong into the world of the Terminators, news time. 
I said, news time. News time. Yes, I will have you my know, typewriter. <laughs> that monkey's not very well trained. Try again, monkey. That's better. <laughs> right, uh, Romali too's got a little bit of news for us, I believe. I do. Um, I've got a little bit of Gallifrey 21 um, convention um, guest, um, guest listings. Um, six more guests have been um, added to their already fantastic lineup, which already includes Peter Davison and Georgia Moffat, Sarah Sutton, amongst others. Um, they have announced um, Tommy Knight, who plays Luke Smith in the Sarah Jane Adventures, his first North American event. Um, and then a whole bunch of writers and directors. We've got writer John Fay, of course, who wrote Portrait Children of Earth, um, day two and day four. Um, Alice Troutman is also going to be there, who's uh, been a director on all three, um, all three series, um, um, Doctor Who, Portrait and Sarah Jane. She's the only director to have worked on each one. Um, Robert Schumann, who wrote the episode Dalek, is going to be there as well. Um, Tony Lee, writer of Doctor Who Comics, and Pia Gura, I think I'm saying that right, who is an illustrator on the Doctor Who, the Forgotten comic book. So that's the, um, some of the guests that they've added to the lineup already, which is in February 26th through to 28th next year in LA. And I'm going to be in attendance, most likely, with a group of my friends um, and yeah, looking forward to it immensely. Every time some more guests are announced, I'm going, yay, excited, excited, excited. But, yeah, so, yeah. So you're, you're, go- you're going to that one too, right? I'm going, yeah. So I, 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 if I don't make it, I want to see, I want you and Georgia Moffat to do a hello boys off. <laughs> <laughs> see which one's better. Okay, or the two of you singing at the same time would just be like, I'd just go. <laughs> we might do some somersaults. I know. I'm so excited. Or should I just get her to record and say it, and say it together? <laughs> there you go. That works. Hello, boys off. Yeah, hello, boys <laughs> off. I'm so excited about Gallifrey. You have no idea. It's like my first ever overseas convention I'm going to, and it's just for me having that amount of guests. Like so far, it's like. They've already got more guests than I've ever been to a convention and that has that, that many guests. And it's like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> You'll just have to say hello to Lewis from all of us. Yeah. I will. I'll be going to the oh. Podshock meet. They're, they're talking about having a, a, a Podshock meet up on the Thursday night before the con. I'm definitely going to be there. Oh, yes. Yeah. Probably, uh, pra- probably heavily jet lagged, but I'll be there. <laughs> I'm just trying to save my money to go to Gallifrey in 2011. Yeah, I was just about to say that, Tim. You've got a, a group for that on Facebook, Facebook haven't you? I'll have to find the link. Okay, while you do that, then let's go... Thanks for that, Romana. Let's go over to uh, Benjamin Elliott. And I know it's a fairly light week for news, but let's see what he's got. Well, I've got stuff from the three of the Doctor Who franchise shows. First, let's start with that epic program... Ah. People in the UK this week start seeing ads on the Disney Channel that uh, K9 will air on Disney XD. So, sometime in the next few months, uh, K9 will air in the UK on Disney XD. It's already supposed to air on 10 in Australia and probably on 
some Jetix services or whatever they change themselves to in some other countries. No, we don't oh. know where it'll air in the U.S. and Canada. As I would have for, thought ABC would have got that. Since hmm? Channel 10, that's a bit odd. I would have thought ABC would have got, would have um, gotten that instead of Channel 10, because Channel 10 have commercials. Well, it depends <laughs> a producer on the show. Oh, I see. Yeah, my I'm guess is there again. will be commercials. Oh, there will so, be, definitely. Ex- expect commercials. You will have K9 Mark One as, well, it's supposed to be K9 Mark One. It's supposed to look like the original K9, at least at first. And then things did, change. Did, did you say they're running a new trailer, Benjamin? Apparently they are running ads on the Disney oh. Channel in the UK. Oh. So people have seen this in the last week on Disney Channel in the UK that K9 is coming to Disney XD. And over here in the US, you see that a I'll lot. Have to troll the one of our channels is now Disney XD, and frequently on Disney Channel they will run ads for shows that are coming soon to Disney XD. So it's probably the same thing over there. Of course, Disney Channel, I'm willing to bet your Disney Channel reaches more people than your Disney XD if it's like America, but what can you do? Anyway, um, there are a couple other things if you want them. Uh, Well, um, Torchwood. Um, For all of our listeners in Germany, and I'm sure you're out there, as you know, um, Torchwood didn't reach Germany till this year when RTL2 began airing it on Wednesday nights. And RTL2 has almost finished airing Series 1 and Series 2. Well, their website is now advertising. They want people to vote on their favorite episode of Torchwood, which will air on September 9th, the week after Exit Wounds. Then on September 16th, they're going to begin airing Torchwood, Der Kinder, Der Walt. So over five. So it looks like Germany will be the first country to air a dubbed version of Torchwood: Children of Earth. And so, congratulations, Germany! You're beating New Zealand right now for that show. And maybe, personally, I think RTL2 should give Doctor Who a try because maybe they buy more seasons to get more episodes dubbed. You know, Who didn't really take off in Germany? I'd like to see it get another try. And for I've had German language Daleks now. <laughs> of course. Yes. Now, I have been told some Torchwood fans think that the German dubbing is pretty bad, but I haven't actually heard it myself. But they, I would be interested. They do have a show's full length in Germany with an extended time slot. And for America, uh, Doctor Who fans, BBC America has done what everyone was expecting and they have bought the first run rights to next year's Matt Smith season of episodes. Now, since there seems to be confusion over whether it is Series 5 or Series 1 or Series 31, I'm going to think of it as the 2010 series (laughs) until we get a better answer. So (laughs) the 2010 series will air on BBC America in the second quarter of 2010, so presumably... Soon after the UK airings. Could we do the uh, Bone of Ice series? Hmm? You, you could call it Moff Who. Mm, Moff. The Gra- Grand, Grand Moff. Grand, He's a big yeah, giant Grand, insect behind the Grand, so- Grand Toffee MN Who. Well, perhaps, but as much as we might know the guy, and I've met him at Gallifrey and at. Yeah, I, we actually have a Doctor Who producer that I've met. Uh, 
that doesn't mean the general public would know him. Uh, yes. So. Who cares about the general public? We're I mean, we're the fans. The only one I watch it looks like when he's on Doctor Confidential every week. <laughs> it could be the banana series. It's uh, he that has the. Uh, uh, he likes to get the word banana in every one, isn't it? Is that right? Does he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still wondering if they'll do. Yeah. He kind of got a little bit lazy in series four, though. Mm-hmm. But um, his stories in series one through three had banana references. The one in Blink, you have to look in the background for it. Yeah. <laughs> And you have to be a real fan to know things like this, but we try. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if they're going to try the subtitle approach that Torch would use this year, and maybe each of the upcoming series of Doctor Who will have some sort of subtitle, because that, that could be interesting, and if you have the right name, it could be cool. I know in Australia, back in 2005, the first series of Doctor Who, they were advertising it as Doctor Who colon Adventures in the Human Race. It didn't air that way, but it was advertised that way. And that could be an interesting approach. Like maybe you have Doctor Who, Fugitive of the Time Lords, or Doctor Who, uh, Runaway Room. You know, something. <laughs> Always take a banana to a party. Uh, uh, with reference yeah. to how oh, young oh, oh. he is, you know, the... Uh, the uh, what, what, what was the one they used for... Um, oh, what's it called... Uh, the uh, oh blimey, the Harrison Ford character when they did the the young Indi- young Indiana oh, Jones short short round, <laughs> so oh young Indiana Jones yeah yeah and young, young Sherlock Holmes they've had as well. So. Oh, well, we should just stick to what Tony Galishan on the Flashing Blade podcast does and call him the child. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Benjamin, are we, are we about done with that? Uh, yes, we're about done, because I don't have any scheduling stuff for Sarah Jane. Maybe later, but nothing right now. We will be waiting with bated breath, <laughs> my lord. <laughs> I've seen some of these ones here. Doctor Who, The High School Years, Doctor Who, Adric's Revenge, Doctor Who, Wrath of Bowtie, Doctor Who, Excellent Stage Left. I'm hoping that's pronounced correctly. Hmm. Hello. <laughs> Okay. Alrighty. Uh, that, do, before we actually go into the main topic, uh, Ian, do we want to just check if anybody who was at Second Life wanted to add to those few comments we made at the beginning? Certainly. Anyone? Anyone? What is it? What is it? Well, well, apparently our friend Darth Skeptical was there. And unbeknownst to me, it was him that turned into Jabba the Hutt at one point. Yeah. Yes. So that, 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 was, a, that was a bit strange. We're talking Darth Skeptical. Uh, yeah, the, the, the evening ended with a, a, a group photo, but I couldn't be around for that because I was on a friend's borrowed laptop in Essex and I wanted to get some sleep. Because it was one one thirty a.m. in the UK by that point, and I thought, I need sleep. <laughs> what were you saying, Diane? Diane, Diane yeah. And Darth Skeptical was loaded. <laughs> yes. We've experienced yeah, that before he, uh, he, on that other he, show. As we as we say in the UK, he'd had a few apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and and Diane, was that one of your first trips into Second Life, and what did you make of it? It was actually only my second trip, um, and um, I'm glad I made it because I missed the last one because I had a computer problem. I thought I was going to miss this one. 
We're losing you. I think she's calling us from the other life. Hello? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello. Can you hear me now? Yes, yeah. better. I'm on shoe phone. I tend to get an out. Mm. Um, yeah, but you, you seem no, to get the hang of it pretty quick. Yeah, I was, it was a good time. I was having um, internet connection problems when they were doing the tour, so I missed most of it. Um, but... I kept teleporting her in. Got back in, pulling her pulling back. <laughs> We're over here. We're over here. Okay then. Uh, I think we've we've been going nearly 25 minutes now, Ian. So I think we ought to uh, go on with the main topic of the show. Uh, yep. If I may take this point to say bye bye because I oh. have not seen Terminator, so I don't think I have much to add. I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> okay, Ramona. Thanks for joining well, us. And you. Yep. No worries. I'll be Bye. back next week because then you'll be actually talking about something I can actually talk about. So yay! Yay! Um, yeah. Alrighty. Oh. So goodbye, boys. Oh. Goodbye, Ramona. Bye, bye, bye. And uh, Ian, that might be a, an appropriate point for you just to mention the uh, the cult them site because it, was it Ramana actually put up a suggestion for another topic and perhaps we yes. should remind people that they can do so there on the site. Yes, uh, you can go to www.cultdom.com and that's our main blog site. Um, we have a gallery section and uh, of course the main page but we also have a um, show suggestions uh, page. Uh, so feel free to pop along there, and if you uh, if you've got something to suggest, uh, Darth actually suggested to Ramana that she do a slash show. Yes. So that is one that we I are currently working on the planning for. Just did that. And uh, just just to let you know, uh, Ramana is probably going to be running that show, and so yeah. Um, just because it's Dave and I here doesn't mean that you know if you've got a topic that we're not familiar with it can't be it can't be done um we're quite happy to come in here run the room um do the news bit at the beginning and things like that and then you guys you know host host uh, a topic that you you you're passionate about so feel free to pop along to www.coltum.com um and make a suggestion there or you can catch us on our facebook page uh just look up uh the Colton Collective Podcast uh, on Facebook, and you'll find us. Excellent. So, without yeah. any further ado, I will turn you over to your moderator for today, or should I say Terminator, <laughs> Mr. Dave AC. I'm back. Uh, yeah, and I should have just said as well, don't forget that this show, if you're listening to us on iTunes, or you've come across us on Podcast Alley or some other site, uh, we do this show live at 3.30 Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, that's 3.30 p.m. Eastern, on Torch UID 54821. So uh, we're going to talk about the, um, the uh, Terminator franchise and the Sarah Connor Chronicles TV series. Now, there are four films, and um, just to at least start us off, I'm just going to... Uh, play a little clip uh, or trailer from each of the films uh, uh, but I'll in disper- 
disperse those between the actual conversation. So if we at least start with the, the first film, because, of course, the first film went in, out in about um, 1984 and was obviously not necessarily going to be a complete flat franchise. It, it could have easily just been a one-off film and... Uh, Hence, uh, as Ian put in the title, did Sarah Connor see all this coming? So, let's just play the first trailer. In the 21st century, a weapon will be invented like no other. This weapon will be powerful, versatile, and indestructible. It can't be reasoned with. It can't be bothered with. It will feel no pity. No remorse, no pain, no fear. It will have only one purpose. To return to the present and prevent the future. This weapon will be called the Terminator. Okay, and uh, I have got some of the wiki pages up. I'll just put in the... Uh the first one there, if anybody wants to just check it. But the, the first film, the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, title role as the Terminator, 1984 sci-fi film with Linda Hamilton playing the part of Sarah Connor, who at the time of this first film ha had yet to actually give birth to uh, a person called John Connor who would become the resistance, the leader of the resistance in the future after a, a global um, computer system called Skynet becomes self-aware. Now, the Terminator has been sent back from 2029 to actually prevent uh, that boy uh, being born in, in this particular instance, uh, John Connor. Um, so, really, um, the only other thing you need to know at this point is that also a human called Kyle Reese who is actually uh, the John Connor in the future's uh, best friend and, and sort of second in command, is also sent back to protect her. But of course, he's a human, not a Terminator like uh, Arnie is. And um, I think, it, it, obviously, we are going to be in spoiler territory with all these. We'll perhaps be more careful about any spoilers when we talk about the fourth film. But I think for the first three films, we can perhaps assume that people in the room have seen them. If you haven't, uh, obviously duck out, uh, because uh, the next thing I want to say is that, of course, it turns out that by sending uh, this Calories back, he, in actual fact, uh, falls in love with uh, uh, Sarah Connor, and um, they, they have uh, what might only be one night of passion, or whatever you want to call it, but it's because of him coming back that actually Sarah, uh, John Connor comes into existence. So coming back to actually stop something is the actual act that uh, set the whole thing in motion in the first place. And of course, without, uh, before I pass it over to other people, Arnold Schwarzenegger playing the Terminator, of course, was playing the role of the bad guy in this. So, uh, anybody from my initial points want to um, jump straight on that? I know Logan's in the room and he's going to hopefully help us a lot when we get to the Sarah Chronicles. Do you want to mention anything about the first film, Logan? Well, I mean, I came into the Terminator series late. I came into it after watching the second film and went back and watched the first film. And the special effects and everything were fantastic for a film that was made in 1984. It, it creeped you out just looking at the effects and everything. I'm going to try to keep it somewhat spoiler-free as well. 
but the the storyline was fantastic. It was a great original story. But just that effects of later on with the ectoskeleton, that was just one of the most classic images out there, robotry, that I can think of. Absolutely. But, um, but I mean, uh, we will go on to talk about the second one, but I mean, uh, I suppose the only way that the franchise could have developed was by um, actually turning things around with the actual uh, Terminator thing. But I mean, it's, uh, with again, without going into specific details, it gets quite gruesome towards the end, as obviously this is virtually uh, the T. Uh, 100, I think. It's virtually an indestructible machine with a with some sort of nuclear power source at its heart. Uh, and, and the big climax ends up in some uh, big steel mill, I think it is, and um, they're, they're trying to um, basically uh, crush the life out of the thing. The, the, the interesting thing about that, and I don't have an awful lot to add to this topic, which is why Dave's uh, taking the reins of this one, but I've never seen the entire first movie. I've, I've tried numerous times when it's been on cable, and it's usually on really late, and so I always end up falling asleep. But, I, I mean, I picked it up from T2 onwards, um, but it's so funny, I've still never seen the first one. Well, I think you really should, uh, Ian, if you can. I keep meaning to. It, it sets the perspective, because, of course... It's only if you've watched the first one, and I think Logan and, and perhaps Tim Jury, I'll bring him in in a minute, um, mm. will agree. You all, uh, the, the terror that Sarah Connor has uh, in the second film, uh, when she thinks that Terminator is back again, you only realise that terror if you've seen, you know, just how she barely survived in the first film. And right. let's bring Tim in at this point. Well, I You've mean, seen the first Dave, one. I, I, just, I just heard the line from Terminator 2 in my head, so I've never got to do an Arnie impression, haven't I? Well, Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just hear what Logan had to say, and I'll come back to you, Tim. Go on, Logan. Well, I was going to say that in the first movie, one of the things that really added to the, to the suspense and to the tension of the movie was the, sound, was the uh, soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Just that, that drum-beating type sound as he was stalking after. I mean, that just, it got your heart beating hearing that, and you were just wondering what's going to happen around the next corner. It's almost as classic as the uh, the Jaws theme. Yeah. I always assumed of it, it's like the, um, you know, where they're having the steel mill, where they've got a steel pressing plant, and, and they're thumping out the steel plates. It's that dum-dum-dum-dum, dum-dum-dum-dum. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, it's as, as, as you're absolutely right. I think the only one that's perhaps even more recognisable by people might be the Jaws theme. Uh, but that's about it. I think you'd have to set it up. Uh, and maybe the one from Close Encounters, you know, mm -hmm. the, the theme. But it, it is definitely up there with those. And so, by the way, that Tim, line that that line that Tim just gave, yeah, uh, that is actually in each of the films. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's certainly on one of the other trailers I've got to play later. So, Tim, go on. Sorry to jump about. Uh, well, if we're going to start at the first film, um, I can't remember whether I see the second one first or the first one first, but I know that I've come back, I've certainly come back to the first film several times. It, it gets shown fairly often on the TV. It will show up every few years, certainly on some channel or other. And... If you if the Terminator Two is the first one you've seen, when you watch Terminator One, you'll be surprised how cheap it looks. 
but is it doesn't really suffer because it had just about enough budget for the story they were telling. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, I mean, uh, the other thing is uh, that this was in the early days of action figures. And, I mean, one thing about Arnold Schwarzenegger, and and I, in a completely different way, think this about, um, well, one or two other action people. He doesn't actually have to be able to speak uh, eloquently. It almost adds to his persona that he he has this... Uh, this uh, this accent, uh, but of course he's got the absolute physique to play that. It's a bit like uh, Lou, Fr- Fr- I can't pronounce his name, Fidargo, playing uh, the Hulk. You, you, you know, the physique means that uh, he lives the role and uh, it, it means it's so much easier for you to believe what he's doing. And as we might talk later with the, with the upgraded uh, Terminators, uh, they, they play against that in making the, the person who uh, uh, are the actor who does it look quite slight uh, in stature and uh, and build. So, best, best quote I remember about Arnie is from uh, Barry Norman, who used to do the film programmes on the BBC, and he described Arnold Schwarzenegger as a walking special effect. Oh, right. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a ruder expression in the UK, as you probably know, it's... Uh, a walking SH1 <laughs> house. Oh, 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 brick beep house. Brick house family friendly. Brick house house, yeah. Brick house house, even, yeah. Uh, we've got a few others in the room. Now, Diane, uh, I don't know how much you want to contribute this, and is your volume all right? Hello? Diane? Hello? Yeah, just just about now. Have you? Did you see the first film? I saw the first three. Right. Um, I I saw them all in the theater. Yeah. Would you Would you agree with what I said to Ian that you need you really need to see the first film to 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 know what Sarah Connor's terror is for the second and so on. Um, it's a good movie to see, and I'm glad I saw it. I don't yeah. ever want to. Um, I found it very tiring to watch. It's just one of those movies that <laughs> once you get in, it grips you and it doesn't let go, and it's like by the end you're just shaking. Right. Uh, but it was just a very intense movie, and even though it. it didn't have you know the budget that the next one did. It was still very effective. Yeah, I'm uh, just uh, sorry. You know they use the music and the action to keep you engrossed in the story, and it, it literally grabs you and doesn't let go until it's over. And even then, it has it has that horrible thing that horror movies have, where oh you think it's dead, but oh no it's not. Here it comes. Um, yeah. oh no, he's there, he just burned all his skin off, and oh no, he, he crushed him, but oh, his arm gets out and he's crawling after you, and, <laughs> and yeah. you know, it takes forever before the thing's finally dead and over, and you can breathe again. Yeah, it, it really was heart-pounding stuff, and I'm just looking, but uh, on the actual wiki page that I put up, I mean, the actual budget was only six and a half million dollars, of course, this is in 1985, so even that would be equivalent to what... Uh, $20 million now, but it too worldwide, nearly $80 million. But I can't see here, Logan, perhaps you 
better than me on this. Did it go out as what um, classes here in the UK are 15? Because it was quite uh, quite a, a violent movie, wasn't it? I'm sorry, can you repeat the question there? Did, did it I... go out as a, a 15 age group? Uh, you know, the rating of it, with it being so violent or not? I am not sure, to be honest. Uh, and I'm trying to look up on the page right now to see what it went out rating-wise, but I'm I'm going to figure it went out probably as a rated R movie here in the, in the States. Wow, right. I mean, I know, uh, and we'll talk about T3, I mean, T3, you could argue, is probably the most violent one of the lot, but that was actually violent against, you know, cars and buildings and so on. I mean, the the first one was quite violent in terms of, you know, uh, disregard of human life. So, uh, we fact, haven't heard... Me... Go on. I was going to say, let me just look up on Rotten Tomatoes, and that should give us a listing okay. right there. Uh, I just wanted to know if Benjamin wanted to come in on the conversation at this point. I'm not at the moment. I'm just listening right now. Okay, well, put your hand up if you want. For those people listening later, we have a text chat that's going on during the course of the, this. And, uh, in fact, Meeps... Uh, who actually has the DVD in her hand at the very moment, and that's a fan for you, uh, says the DVD is 15. Of course, that will have been, like myself, that's the UK rating. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes, okay. I mean, uh, when I remember seeing Jurassic Park, uh, and that was rated PG, and I couldn't believe that it was mm -hmm. with that Velociraptor. I thought that should have been at least a 12, but well, I mean, that I was does seeing... Actually... Mm -hmm. Actually, that does strike a thought here, because then I can... Terminator, I think the first one was an R in the U.S., and the second was an R in the U.S. I think the third may have been an R. And then the most recent one was a PG-13. But it's Terminator, and you're trying to get younger people into it? <laughs> well, I think that's for the game sales. But can you just fill me in? I know a lot of our listeners are from the States, but we do have a lot of listeners from around the world, Canada, Australia, UK, and so on. Um, what's the actual uh, meaning of R? I mean, obviously, well, in the UK, 15 means you have to be 15 and over, but uh, R? Well, R in the US means that you're, if you're under 17, you have to have an adult accompany you to get into the theater. At P13, uh, PG-13, you have to have an adult if you're under the age of 13. PG means there could be some stuff in there and parents use their discretion not letting you see it. G, open to everybody. NC-17, if you're under 17, you're not allowed into the theater. No excuses, no yeah. exceptions, forget it. And I think that replaced X, which was under 21. You can't get in, no excuses, no exceptions, nothing. Right. There so is no equivalent to X anymore because of NC-17. <laughs> right. So, uh, in actual fact, the restricted, there's not actually a lower age group. You say if you're with a parent, you could go in age 6, 7, or 8, or 9, or not. Yeah, P PG, there's no restriction. They just, uh, like, uh, parents may want to pay attention to the film. No, they are, sorry. They are rating. You said if you're under yeah. 17, you have to have an adult. If, but if, how if, younger yeah. than if, if 17? I think... I don't know exactly how old an adult they want. Uh, obviously, it's up to the theaters to enforce it. Some theaters will enforce, some won't. Several people in the chat have local theaters that don't enforce. The theaters where I live do enforce. You know, it depends where you are. Right, yeah. Okay. 
It all seems right. a lot looser to me in this, the, yeah. the whole certification thing in the States. In, in this country, 12 means 12. And they, they will stress these things on, uh, particularly on Mark Kermode when he reviews a film. He'll give the certificate and he'll often give the BBFC who certified it, gives their notes as to why they've given it to that certificate. Right. And guess Ted has put some rating information in there. Um, at the www.pmaa.org, uh, uh, fil- film ratings. Um, not reading that very well, but uh, thanks for that. Okay, any more thoughts? We've got three more films and the actual Sarah Connor Chronicles, and I don't really want to do a wizard one on this where we, we have to take three weeks to do it. So anybody... I mean, the first film is actually the scene setter, as it were, and... Um, Anybody want to make a, a specific comment about the first film before I play the trailer for T2? Well, the, the main main thing I can think of that describes the first film is it's Sarah Connor's victim, because she's just sort of on the run in the first film, right. being chased yeah. by the Terminator. Yeah. Okay, then. Well, I'll go on to uh, the T2 trailer. These were taken at the West Highland Police Station, 1984. You were there. Same model. These were taken today. You have to let me see my son. He's in great danger. New mission. Once, he was programmed to destroy the future. I don't know what it's like to try to kill one of these things. Now his mission... Get down. ...is to protect it. Come with me if you want to live. You're really real. His loyalty is to a child. Who sent you? You did. 35 years from now. And his enemy... He's a Terminator like you, right? Not like me. ...is the deadliest machine ever built. Can I be destroyed? Unknown. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This time, he's back. For good. Trust me. Okay. I I just... I just love watching the old trailers and listening to them. (laughs) Just listening to the guy. This time, he's back. For good. I still object to 1991 being considered old. (laughs) <laughs> right. okay. I was 13 then I don't want to consider that to be that far in the past we are <laughs> Benjamin we're aging <laughs> fast it is as I would say we are none of us getting any younger yeah, that was Meeks was only century. one year old <laughs> <laughs> wow 1991 end, end of 1991 I was 21 and I'm 38 <laughs> now that's scary <laughs> Meeps, I guess you didn't see it in the theater then. Uh, I still see three at the cinema. <laughs> I was thinking. What's this three? Where, where, where are the other two? Uh, I have seen the other. Now I'm, I'm going to have my, have my say on this one here because you know. Right. Um, Go on. This is the first one that I saw. Um, I wasn't big into action movies or anything like that. Um, my best friend growing up um, still is um, Gavin back in New Zealand. Uh, he was big into 
uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies in particular, and uh, really big on into uh, into um, action flicks and stuff. And so he was the one who took me in to to the Terminator franchise, um, and he explained a lot of the backstory. <laughs> so that I could actually go and watch it. I mean, basically, he wanted somebody to go to the movie with. Um, and so he's like, let's go see this. And plus, I'd seen the trailers, and the, the special effects look good, and, you know, I was kind of getting into that whole sci-fi thing at the time. So um, so he took me along to it, and aside from the guys who were huffing behind us in the cinema, and for anyone who doesn't know what huffing is, it means spraying spray paint into a plastic bag and inhaling it. Um, nice. We don't get nice. that in our yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, when when a big action scene happened and you know the, the screen lit up, we got up and moved like five rows down in a row across. <laughs> but but I, I remember it being just uh, awesome. Um, the, the thing that sticks in my head. And I... I'm, you're going to see it. Uh, that's that's the one thing I don't like about, you know, when we go into these shows and discussing these things, if you haven't seen them, then we are going to be discussing them. So, And I want people to feel free to discuss them without, you know, worrying about spoiling it for people. Um, so I'm going to say the where the Terminator gets... Uh, John's stepfather right through the head through the the the, the milk carton. That was fabulous. Just just the way she, you saw the Terminator move her arm and thwunk. And then later when she hangs up the phone, it was uh, I, I thought it was fabulous. Special effects and everything. I I actually own uh, uh, two and three on DVD. I've got the special edition T uh, two. Uh, which goes into all the special effects and everything, and how they were really kind of experimenting with uh, with what they could do with CGI. Um, and yeah, I, I I love it. I can watch that movie over and over again. Okay, well, come back to you, Ian, because obviously this is one that you can really. But let me just set some basic details down. So it was in 1991 the film was made, but set in 1994. Again, uh, sent back from two. Uh, 2029 um, was the Terminator uh, robot, uh, but this time uh, he'd been reprogrammed. Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger, as the trailer said, was back, but as a good guy this time. And um, then there was another Terminator, the T-1000, that was uh, made of this sort of fluid, intelligent metal. But as I said uh, before, because um, when, um, first of all, um, the Terminator the Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator finds John Connor and um, one of the big things about this of course is a lot more humour in it uh, and a lot of good dialogue between the young boy and that but of course when we switch to his mother she's in psychiatric care and when she hears that the Terminator's back uh, after her she doesn't at this point know that it's it's, there to help and save her so um, you really need know if you've seen the first one just the jeopardy that she feels she's in um but of course she um john at this point uh, before the terminator shows up has thought that you know his mother had been proved nuts and that all this stuff he'd she'd been filling his head with was uh, now unnecessary so um it really gets off uh, with a with a much bigger film uh, when i was uh, buying um when dolby did uh, 
ProLogic came out, uh, I mean, this was the demo film of the time. Uh, as Logan said, the soundtrack, as much as anything, was used. Uh, the bit right at the beginning where the, uh, the, the, the skull gets crushed under the foot of one of these Terminator robots. I mean, that is about as classic uh, an opening you can see to any film. So, um, let's, uh, I, I can talk quite a bit, but let's hear what the other people say. I'll, I'll go in the same order, if I may. I'll go to Logan first, and then to perhaps Tim. Okay, well, uh, this film, like I said, was the first of the series that I saw, and it just is, believe it or not, it was actually the very first Arnold Schwarzenegger film I've seen, too. I never saw the Conan films or anything like that. This was the first Schwarzenegger film, and it just brings back a lot of fond memories for me. I saw it at a special job I was employed at in San Francisco, stuff like that, but once again, of all, well, I'll say this, of all the films in the series, I think this is my favorite. I just love what they did. I love how they turned the character around, made him a, a good guy this time. The one thing I always remember is his little twirling of the shotgun, how he reloads it. Um, yeah. Overall, I thought it was just a real fantastic film. And as I typed in the chat room, this, this is actually, the movie novel for this film made a, made a very neat point. This is for the people that listen later on for you. Um, but in this film... In the movie novel, they, they mention that John Connors actually sends this Terminator back a split second after he sent Kyle Reese back in the first film. Because oh, yeah. as you remember in the first film, Kyle Reese made the comment to Sarah Connor saying that the time machine is a one-way trip that they destroyed the time machine after he came through. Right. So I guess, I guess whenever they sent them, the machines back, they were all within like five minutes of each other, even though they went to different times. They were hedging their bets. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, well, they do say as well in the Terminator franchise that, that they do believe in the sort of multi-world theory in terms of, obviously, uh, the effects in the past mean that the future is slightly differently. So even though they, um, they could have destroyed the thing when the first chap comes back, because that mission doesn't end the way it was expected to, it, it could be a slightly different timeline in, the 20, you know, in 2029 where they don't destroy it, if you know what I mean. So that's it. And uh, two other things I forgot to just mention before I see what Tim wants to say about uh, that thing that uh, Ian said about the, the, the steel, the arm changing into a steel sword, as it were. That's been used um, and a homage to, uh, I think on Buffy I've seen it, and I've also, uh, no, not Buffy, uh, Smallville, it was uh, one of the uh, people that um, Lex Luthor gets to, to come out of prison has that ability to do that. And, of course, in Torchwood, um, uh, one of the sleepers seems to have that ability to to, to change their arm into uh, that, that sword-like device. I don't know if everybody remembers that. Right. Um, okay, so before we continue on, I just want to um, yeah. recap some of the stuff that's happening under the Cone of Silence. Um, yeah. Guest Tens put some uh, nice little points in here. Um, the 14th most influential visual effects movie of all time. Uh, it got a Saturn Award in 1991 for Best Science Fiction Film. Um, just trying to find everything else. Everything's been... <laughs> you guys have been talking a lot in chat. Um, nuts. <laughs> I'm trying to read very quickly. Continue on, Dave. Well, while you're reading that, the, I mean, one of the other things was the, 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 the chap, is it Robert Patrick, who played... The, um, the the 
upgraded Terminator, he had this ability where it, it, you think he's wearing clothes, but in actual fact the clothes are all part of the this intelligent fluid metal, and he's got this feline look about him. I don't know what it is, uh, and he, he, he's very good at running, which actually makes him look both machine-like and yet almost like a panther or a cat or something and when he chases after the car and then changes into that hook-like thing to actually climb on the back of the cab I mean it really is um, excellent excellent stuff and you you, you wouldn't uh, and this is the whole point with the films like this there has to be that jeopardy you have to feel as though you know that your main characters are in real danger and it's not automatically going to turn out good so, Tim, you've waited to come in, I think. Do you want to mention anything on, on those points? Um, I was trying to think. Because um, the conversation in the chat moved on to people's ages, and I was trying to think what I was doing when Terminator 2 came out. And I seem to remember that I was unemployed, and I was at Job Club, which meant going to some room funded by the government and getting loads of newspapers and applying for so many jobs a day. I remember excitedly telling someone there I was going to see Terminator. Conveniently, Job Club at that time was right next to the cinema in the centre of Cambridge. <laughs> Very useful. Um, I think my main memory... I'm trying to think what I thought of it at the time, and my main memory of it is how amazing the special effects were, because it was just totally groundbreaking with all the CGI and this liquid metal, as you say, the amazing... T-1000, how he could turn from one thing to another. And he was this shapeshifter, and uh, when Ian was talking earlier about the the spike through the guy's head, well, also uh, around that part of the film, uh, when John Connors met up with the, the Arnie Terminator, he, he, he says, oh, it's all right, I'll just ring home. And they go to a phone box, and he rings home, and at first he thinks he's talking to his, his stepmother, and then they cut back, and it is, of course, the T-1000 pretending to be his stepmother, and it just sort of oozes back into the T-1000, which is very creepy yeah. stuff. But, of course, oh, yeah. Arnie then says to the young boy, what's the name of your dog? And I don't know, it's called Rover or something. So he does uh, John's voice, says, uh, how's Butch doing, you know? No, uh, how's the dog and, and the, uh, the, the other thing I was going to mention was um, particularly Terminator 2's influence on um, popular culture. I remember there's an episode of The Simpsons uh, which pays homage to it. It's uh, an episode in which Homer becomes slightly obsessed with Flanders being his best friend. I can't remember the episode title, but there's a sequence in it where Homer's chasing after... Um, Flanders. Flanders is escaping in his car and Homer's got two golf clubs and he attaches himself to the back of Flanders' car with these two golf clubs out of the sequence in Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, re I remember in, um, in um, Wayne's World 2 uh, they had Robert Patrick in it they they get pulled over by a, a, a motorcycle officer. He gets off his bike and he comes up and and he says he leans in and he t you know takes a thing and he goes, "Have you seen this boy?" And they just scream at the camera and off they go. And he starts running. <laughs> it's just like that's funny. Oh, uh, I mean, so much, so much. 
came from that particular movie. Um, I mean, T one had its effect, but I think a lot of a lot of stuff came from T two. Um, and I, I loved uh, the 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 tough Sarah Connor. Um, yeah, apparently. Uh, house. You, the, you, the you, bit w- sorry. You Go broke ahead. up then for a minute at my end. No. Yeah, there's a lot of words were getting eaten. Right, we're, we've got a um, thunderstorm happening outside, so. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, apparently she did uh, a lot of physical effort between the make because obviously uh, the film was made what six seven years after the other one and she certainly uh, uh, worked hard on a, a, a body from that just before I carry on Ian um, I realised when I asked Benjamin and uh, Diane who I'll go back to in a minute I, I, I forgot with Meeps being on the phone right at the bottom uh, did you want to comment on any of these films at the moment Meeps or not no I'm good <laughs> ok fair enough uh, so um if if you're done, Ian, we can uh, ask Benjamin if. Well, no, he said he'd pop in the. He put something down if he wants to talk. So, Diane, any thoughts? Diane? No. Hello. Uh, hello. Uh, on the T2 film. Yes. Can you hear me? Yep. yep. Okay. Um, a lot of it is the same as the first one. It was another one of those relentless movies. Um. There were some. Missed the last bit there, I'm sorry. Uh, then go on. Okay. Right. Uh, any more comments about this? I mean, we've been going an hour, so I'm quite happy to move on to the third trailer. Although, I would think, uh, I should emphasize, I think for most people, the T2 film was probably the uh, biggest film. And um, I, I think I might remember here, if I don't know there's any other uh, audiovisual uh, fans like myself, that um, when there was the big war going on between uh, Blu-ray and HD DVD, I think I've got a feeling that T2, T2 came out on um, HD DV first. Because, of course, at the time, the studios came on one of the two formats. Films didn't come out on both. I remember and, it being um, quite frustrating when the format war was raging because some really good films would come out and it, it would be exclusively on HD DVD and we'd be going, oh, God, how long are we going to have to wait for it to be on Blu-ray? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it really was um, a top-notch film. Uh, it was forever uh, used um, uh, as a test track. So, uh, if anybody has any more thoughts about T2, uh, feel free to still bring them in, but I'll play the T3 trailer. John Connor. It is time. There's a new Terminator. TX. It is designed for extreme combat. It's faster, more intelligent, and more powerful. Oh my god! It has been programmed to destroy other cybernetic organisms. It was sent back through time for one purpose only. To kill us all. Be back. 
and there was a slight clue there. And remember, we are in spoiler territory. She'll be back. Uh, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, when we have a f- female Terminator sent back. But um, this was made in 2003, <clears throat> uh, when the new team Terminator was called the TX model. Uh, and she's actually sent back not to ju- get John Connor, because at this moment in time, they, they've lost uh, track of uh, John, because he's, he's learnt from his mother uh, to sort of uh, disguise his whereabouts. So um, they actually decide to um, target uh, John's future wife, uh, our, his group of friends. So this Terminator comes back and locates uh, this woman who, who's working, I think, at a vet centre. Now, as it happens, uh, John has to to break into this place uh, just by coincidence. And um, once the this TX decides that she identifies that John, he then becomes the primary target. But again, we've got the situation where now both John and this girl, who he doesn't, he's only just met, and it's the Terminator uh, that tells them, in actual fact, that she will become his future wife. So that's just the, the basic setup. I have put in the um, the wiki page thing, and, and I'm going to again go to Logan, if I may, to see uh, what he makes of uh, this particular film. Well, uh, I didn't like this film as good as the, the first two of all the films. It was probably my least favorite. I, I do need to correct you, my dear sir. And okay. uh, he, he did know the girl beforehand. They talked about how they used to get together in high school. I mean, he didn't know he was going to marry her, I mean. Yeah, he didn't know that, but I might have missed what you said earlier, that first part. A little bit distracted here, but uh, just for a a simple Terminator film, I thought it was a good film. I like how they, what they did with the ending, how they were finally tying it up and leaving it toward Judgment Day. We got to see what finally happened there. And the neat thing is they have they have some things in this film that actually connects and ties into the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which I'll get into a little bit later on. But overall, I thought it was a, a good film, but it's not going to be one of my top favorites for the Terminator series. Yeah. Well, I liked it actually more than... I mean, I, know, I approached it... I, I actually saw it not in the theater on, on TV because it was that single-mindedness that I actually liked. I mean, some people said it was sort of a wanton destruction, but it wasn't... All the what we now term as collateral damage just didn't matter to these people. I mean, for, for, because once their objective had been achieved, as far as they were concerned, it would change the future. And in that sense, you know, whether 50 people were killed in the meantime didn't matter because in effect, in the year 2029, their whole future would be disappeared. So... To that end, it was single-minded. And apparently there's one big thing where um, this robot is chasing, and it get, we've got some background noise here from somewhere, uh, where it gets uh, into this big truck with a crane on the back, and it breaks down all these uh, buildings and so on. And apparently the budget wasn't going to run to that. And so um, I, I read somewhere that Arnie was supposed to have stumped up the extra money so that they could have that particular part in the film otherwise it could well have been cut yeah so, I, read um, the, I read the same thing now have okay. you seen the, have you seen the dvd for this film have you seen the deleted no. scenes no go on they have this neat deleted scene in there where they're showing in the army base they're talking with a bunch of scientists talking about the different models 
and they show a man called Sergeant Candy, who's played by Schwarzenegger, but he has this deep Southern accent. And they're going to—they're showing, explain that they use him as a role model for these future robots. Uh-huh. But they, they didn't like the voice accent, so this this old seventy-year-old scientist stands up, and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger dubbing the voice for this uh-huh. old guy. So they they combine the voice and put it onto the, the young body. I don't think I've seen this deleted scene, and I've got the DVD. Maybe it's on the Blu-ray because I've got the Blu-ray, but I've not been able to watch it yet because I'm still no, waiting for the- my TV to be fixed at the moment. It was under a uh, under the regular one because I don't have the Blu-ray thing, and this has been out for a couple of years on DVD. You can find it on YouTube, probably. Yeah. But it's just right. neat because they had they had Arnold as this, as a Sergeant Candy with this real deep Southern, maybe Arkansas voice, and then they had this uh, old scientist with Arnold's voice dubbing in, and they just combined the two. Right. Yeah, uh, I should say it was. Um, is it Christian? Locken that played the female Terminator, and Claire Danes plays the young girl that um, uh, that's the plays the the wife to be of the uh, John Connor character. And I haven't actually mentioned the actor who plays John Connor yet, have I? Um, the young John Connor, and I'm looking for it. Nick Stahl. Nick Stahl. Yeah. Okay, uh, Tim. Then do you want to add in? I'm sure we can. Um, um, haven't I mean, got we very are strong memories spoilers. of. Yeah, I haven't got very strong memories of T three. I did see it at the cinema, and I remember thinking, "Well, it was all right." I, I, I remember the reviews at the time was something on the basis of, "Well, it was good, but it didn't need to be made." <laughs> but um, I can't think what to say about it. it it's it's Arnie's last main appearance in the franchise, although he does sort of have a cameo in T4. Yeah. It's not giving too much away to say that. Um, can't really what comment I on it, because I haven't, see, haven't seen it for such a long time. I can't remember much about it. I mean, it was such a fast-paced and relentless... I mean, you can actually say, you know, I mean, uh, I remember years and years ago, and people think this is an old film, I remember seeing Steve McQueen in Bullet ages and ages ago, which was a fantastic film. But people complained at the time because, you know, three quarters of the film was a car chase. And you could argue that three quarters of this film was basically a, a chase. Um, and it was uh, a little bit like, the, if you've ever seen uh, uh, the, the Rock the film The Rock with um, oh, yes. Sean Connery, the the car chase. So yeah. Anyway, this film w- was still 109 minutes long, same time as the other one, but it seemed to really romp along. The budget to make this one, by the way, as opposed to the first one at 6.9 million, this third one was 200 million to make, mm-hmm. uh, but it grossed oh, worldwide. Gone up a bit by then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it grossed over. 400 million so um, I think they were still um, slightly on the the winning side of that one so um, uh, Diane uh, do you want to come in on this one Diane oh she does not have voice anymore oh alrighty and uh, we've lost uh, Benjamin Meeps um, I hope you're okay on that phone if you don't want to contribute you may as well save your penny well hopefully it's not costing you anything on that uh, call in, but um, do you want to speak while you've got a moment? Um, I was 13, I don't really remember much about it. 
Yeah. You said when we were talking about T1, you actually got the DVD. Is it something that you're going to watch after this show or, or sometime in the future, or have you already watched it? Um, I might, actually. I, I had it in my room because I was going to watch it like a month and a half ago and just never got around to it. <laughs> I might watch it now. Oh. Yeah. Well... Do do it. I mean, don't forget. I mean, it's not a sophisticated film. The first one, it's um, mm. it was what you could almost class as a B movie for its time, but um, it does set the scene, and it and it it definitely is worth watching if you're going to mm. go on and watch T two and beyond. I've seen all three oh. of them. So. Okay. Well, look, we're we're well uh, over an hour, so I think I'll play the trailer for T four. If anybody remembers anything about the earlier films feel free at this point to mention them uh, during any any further chat. Here we come with T4. What day? What year? 2018. What happened here? Judgment Day happened. I knew it was coming. I thought I knew our enemy. But I don't know if we can win this war. We are outnumbered by machines. And we have all lost so very much. But this is not the future my mother warned me about. Who are you? John Carter! Hell's hands have been busy. Okay, and that was the that was Terminator Salvation. It wasn't Batman. If you heard that Christian Bale voice. <laughs> but before we go on, um, I think uh, a couple of people want to just bow out, and because there will be spoilers, and they haven't seen this particular one. So, uh, Meeps, did you want to just say cheerio? Yep. Bye, bye, people. Bye, Meeps. I'll be back next week. Right, and somebody without audio, Ash Bloom, is it? Ash Ashes Boom. 4242. Okay. Right. Um, so uh, the fourth one. Well, um, Tim, I, I'd like to go to you first because I know I know you've seen that pretty uh, frequent uh, recently. Because well, actually, uh, let me just say what I've got my notes here first. Uh, Terminator Salvation, the fourth film, uh, made uh, released 2009. It's set in 2018. Christian Bale is the future resistance leader. Uh, John Connor and uh, Sam w- Worthington plays a side. Well, this is going to be spoiler. You're not sure what he is to start with, um, mm. but um, he actually appears, um, and it's through him you learn the situation as it's developing. Uh, and I won't say any more than that just for a moment. But do realise if you haven't seen the film, bow out of the show or listening to the show now until you have. Okay, go on, Tim. Uh, well, I remember it, it was the movie that it got it got a reputation before anyone had really seen anything of it due to um, Mr. Bale's on-set antics. Yeah. It got turned into a thousand YouTube spoofs when um, 
Uh, well, he he had he had a, he had at it and basically lost it with a some kind of lighting guy who was, from what what we could tell from the audio clip, wandering around on set while Christian Bale was busy being intense and trying to act. <laughs> but as, <laughs> as 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 Mark Kermode, Radio Five Lives. Uh, movie critic, maybe it was at this music moment he just mo- realised he was in a McGee movie. <laughs> I, now this was a, this was the film that um, it, it got rather mixed reviews, and so I was all prepared for to some extent for it to not be very good. And then I went to see it, and I thought, oh, it's all right actually. Yeah, a bit like the Star Trek film. There was I, I, I didn't think that. I didn't think plot-wise it was remotely as deep as really any of the others, but it was one of these leaky brain at the door. It was just a good action movie, really. It was almost if you if you've ever bought any um, Xbox or uh, PlayStation games, it's almost like the long prologue before you play the game. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and it was doing this very grainy look. Uh, and my first advice to anybody, although Tim probably won't agree with me if he's into Blu-rays. I mean, I'm into Blu-rays. But this is one film I think I'll probably just buy the DVD because the director mm. has put so much stylized look to the film. Um, I don't think there is the definition that would actually be there to show up on Blu-ray because everything's done either grainily or night shots or whatever, you know, to give that gritty... Uh, 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 if, if anybody has seen... Um, Saving Private Ryan and the scene where they're taking the beach and the way that is done with slightly jerky, you know, newsreel footage type camera work. It's not quite in that style, but it is definitely they've worked the the digital format uh, to a very definite, not filmic look, but a um, uh, a games player's look. Uh, and I should imagine the game on the PlayStation 3 or Xbox will look very much like the film did. Okay, let's see what Logan wants to say about it, and then uh, we'll go to Ian. I don't know whether Ian's seen this, but Logan? Do you really want to know what I have to say about it? <laughs> if it yeah, I mean, if it contradicts what we say, yeah, I mean, we're pretty much in agreement up to now, but... I call this movie Tino, meaning Terminator in name only. Uh, it, was, it was an interesting film, but I didn't like the fact in all the Terminator films, it's always been the philosophy of let's go back in time, send someone back in time to either assassinate or save, save the target. And here they just completely wipe it away. It wasn't a Terminator film for me. It was a good futuristic action film with characters that we know, but... It just did not feel like a Terminator film at all for me. Just by I have fact. to agree with you. It's the one that yeah. felt it, 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 you watch it and you think, well, it's not much of a Terminator movie because... Um, there was the, no Terminator. <laughs> yeah, well, Ar- Arnie's the governator these days. So he only makes a, a cameo due to some nifty CGI near the end, which is a nice surprise because the film's almost over and then suddenly Arnie makes a a non-speaking appearance. And... Yeah. And even more than that, Christ, oh. Christian Bale is not really the main character. The, the John Connor character isn't really the main character, is he? At well, the, the, the Sam Worthington acting performance certainly got far more plaudits yeah. and reviews than um, Christian Bale. Quite rightly. Who, 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 
seems to have now played two roles in which the prerequisite is to be sort of talking like that all the way through. Well, yeah, <laughs> so that, we that was the problem the with the film. Saying sometimes. Well, the, film, the film had a number of problems. It was in a very heavy area of the, of the uh, summer. With You had Wolverine, you had Star Trek, you had Night at the Museum, like S. Number 10 is saying up there. You have up, You have all these other films, so it's not making a lot of money that way. It was rated... 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. You had the bad reputation, like we mentioned earlier, from Christian Bale with his blow-up. You don't have Arnold Schwarzenegger there as a main character. I mean, it had so many things going against it that it wasn't a true Terminator film. Well, you, yeah, don't, like said, you don't, don't have much involvement from James Cameron. Yeah. and He's probably looking sitting at the in the background somewhere just earning some money out of it. Well, looking at the budget, although it was made, you know, six years after the... T3 Rise of the Machines, same budget, 200 million. It took 100 million less, though, only uh, 370 million at the box office, which is still excellent, but probably disappointing from uh, you know, the revenues before. But yes, you're quite right. Uh, and, and it was very much like the Star Trek one, where, I mean, the Star Trek film was far, far better film. But the point is that the, 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 person going into the cinema didn't really know what to expect whether this was going to be really you know killing a franchise off and as you you could rightly say well this didn't kill the franchise off you could almost argue it wasn't really part of the franchise it was just a, a futuristic um uh, sci-fi you know thing there was a little bit of um almost 12 monkeys action in it in terms of uh, sort of almost time travel elements to it but um well, a few months ago, I did one of my podcasts. I reviewed this show. Yeah. And I said, if I were to make the, the next Terminator film, if I were making this particular film, what I would have done was one of the main characters in the film was supposed to be Kyle Reese as a young teenager. And they, right. they focused on him quite a bit. But I think they should have just focused more on him and have us never seen John Connors. You could have John Connor, you could hear his voice coming over the radio like he was doing his, his daily motivational speeches. Yeah, but never have him on the screen. Make him a figure of mystery that we might see in the next film, and just show this young kid trying to protect the young girl. Maybe the young kid would meet up on Marcus with Marcus there, but never show John Connors. Make him more of a this legendary urban urban myth type figure. Yeah, and, and I think that would have done a whole lot better with the film. Yeah, just for people who haven't been following the plot, or have lost the will to live during this show. Um, the, the 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 fact that you mentioned Kyle Reese is, of course, Kyle Reese was the person who actually, going back in time, becomes John Connor's father. But um, that that's the 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 full circle that they bring round, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I certainly remember when watching it. I thought, well, they've certainly got a budget here because they just seem to have come up with as many Terminators as possible. There were sort of some of them were definitely done with physical effects and then there's another whole sequence where they're in a building and they get attacked by some huge massive terminator machine and i thought well yeah they've got a lot of budget to throw around here that all the cgi um was up there on screen but uh no it was certainly the least yeah interesting in the plot department right well guess 10 has put it cost um <clears throat> 50 million more well uh, his, th their figures might be right it's just looking at the the wiki page that i put up 
that shows its budget as being 50 million. But they probably, if they did spend an extra 50 million, they probably spent that on advertising because um, often what seems to happen nowadays, if, they, if they're worried about something, they just throw more and more advertising dollars uh, at the film. I mean, uh, one of the things that makes me a little bit worried about how this new prison is going to be is when they show a trailer that's nearly 10 minutes long, which is like, I'm thinking that's nearly half an episode they're showing. Now, to me, that's a sign of panic, not a sign that it's so good they have to show you a 10-minute trailer. I mean, when when we have the trailer for, like, Jekyll and things like that, it lasts about 30 seconds. When we have a trailer of Waters and Mars, it's about 20 seconds because they know they only have to show little glimpses because they know they can tantalise you. It's only when they're worried that they've got a flop on their hands that they seem to have to do this blanket uh, advertising. Now, uh, just before I let other people chat, Tim and Logan, uh, I'm not bringing Diane in. She's lost audio. And uh, Benjamin has had to bow out. And the other people in the room uh, haven't got uh, uh, mics with them. So either of you two want to say anything more about this? I don't think Ian wants to comment. And then I'll go to the Sarah Connor. Also, I'm... um, just, just to explain, I'm rather preoccupied. We're under a uh, tornado warning here, so... Uh, mm. uh, oh, so Jonathan! We, we, we suddenly hear sirens or large yeah. claps of lightning, or thunder, I should say. Well, I've been muted, which is why you haven't heard those. <laughs> mm. Ian, uh, didn't, didn't you see my text earlier where I said no bad weather's allowed until after the show? I know. <laughs> Tell the weather that. Tell Florida. <laughs> mm. Anyway, Florida, in continue on. Yeah. yeah, continue on. Okay, any last comments then from either of you before I well, play the... Uh... About, about, about the only other thing worth saying is I was lucky enough to see Linda Hamilton at a convention in the UK earlier this year, and she did make... Uh, I think main things I can remember saying was that she really enjoyed working with James Cameron and that she'd recorded some audio, some voiceover for the Terminator 4 movie. And I think by the time I saw the movie, I I, I don't think I was even listening out for her audio or something. I was just busy watching the film, and then suddenly um, you get a tape that she's recorded in the past is being played by him in the future. And I thought that was a nice touch, but to some extent it... in retrospect it sort of lacks it's a sign of desperation on their part to tie it in join, it? join it up with the other films yeah 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 uh, do we know that yeah is there going to be another film logan do you have any or uh, tim any is there going to be a they, fifth film one, one one of us should be going around um imdb shouldn't they really but, well um, go okay, i'm sorry i don't know if i've heard about one I, I, re- I read read stuff in magazines and sometimes I forget it, but um, there's no mention one of IMDb and they're usually pretty good at stuff that's in develop, development. Okay. They've actually been talking about the script and what they're planning on doing is doing it going back in time, sending the Terminators, Skynet figures out how to send back multiple machines at one time in time. They send them back to our current time so they're going to fight against our current technology and John Connors comes back to try to motivate the 2010 U.S. Army to stop it and try to encourage it that way. Robert Patrick, who played the T-1000, he will be back. They're going to show him as the the human model for what the robot became. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. promising if Robert Patrick's going to make an appearance. So presumably that wouldn't be until maybe even 2011, I mean, if it's only at that stage. Yeah, 2011, 2012, probably. Uh, right, and we've got someone's to... put the link in chat now. Uh, Terminator 5, provisionally 2011. Right. And next to no details on it. There's no, no director listed, no nothing really. Well, this what I mentioned there, that was all quotes from uh, Christian Bale, from what he's talked about with the director. Uh, right. That basically means they've got him under contract for another movie. Yes. Right, so that's the imdb.com forward slash title forward slash tt1340138 forward slash. Okay, with that, I'm going to uh, draw a line under the... Well, see what? No, before I do that, let me just ask... Uh, I think I probably know the answer, but um, which of the ones is your best favourite films? I mean, I know they all have... Uh, uh, different attributes, but I mean, I'll go straight on record and say I think T2 was probably the best of the four, so uh, Tim, best of the four? I think Terminator 2 it's just still, it, I mean it, it was groundbreaking in its day and it still hasn't dated really that, not, not that badly for a film of its age and um, Terminator 3 is worth seeing. I don't think Terminator 3 is that bad a film. It's certainly a better film than Terminator 4. But yeah. but, but Terminator 2 the best and Terminator 1 close behind. Logan? Terminator 2, um, same reasons as what Tim said. Terminator 1 would be next, and then 3 and 4 are tied for me. And I'm just reminding people who are in the text if they want to just type in you know, T1, T2, T3, or T4, and I'll just talk for a moment to give them time to do that. Um, I mean, I think all four films are definitely worth watching uh, or buying the DVD for. I think probably T3, I would have been disappointed if I paid, you know, a full-price ticket at a theatre, but uh, watching it on a DVD or whatever, uh, it definitely is worth a watch. And I quite actually like that, not Ruthless Street, because it isn't Ruthless, it's and it isn't cold-blooded because it's machine-like. The fact that things get damaged, you don't worry about your wing mirrors and things like that. You just go single-mindedly after the kill because if that kill is made, the whole re- um, realism of that world ends anyway. So uh, it's a bit silly to be, you know, uh, swerve the car to avoid a rabbit when you're going to change the whole of reality anyway. So... um that's it. Well, none of the people have put in the text a number, so um, I shall now play the trailer for the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Just move here? Yes. Yeah. You mean any pretty girls? My dad was a soldier who was killed on a mission. I'm sorry. The cops will never find us. We're safe. Don't you think that, John. Don't you ever think that. You're full of secrets. It's the robots. The ones from the future? The computers like from the 50s. They're computers? They scare the heck out of me if you want to know the truth. They're just machines. My mom, she's kind of uptight. No one is ever safe. It's happening again. Everything we fought to stop. I'm not who they think I am. I can't lead an army. Nothing matters anymore. The future's ours. Come with me if you want to live. You changed the future. You just didn't change it enough. You've got to stop it. This season, All right. a mother will become a warrior. 
What the hell happened here? Why don't we have any bodies? A son will become a hero. Mom! And their only ally... Help me. Help my son. ...will be a friend... Stop running. ...from the future. Fight. Do it! They will keep coming for him. Keep trying to kill him. Okay, um, well, come with me if you want to live, I think. Uh, now, at this point, uh, I'll just give a brief little uh, bit here, and then um, uh, then I'm going to hand over to Logan. Um, Sarah Connor Chronicles uh, was on Fox TV, I believe. First aired in January 2008. There were two seasons. The first season, only nine episodes, uh, but it got a full season go-ahead of 22 episodes, making, I think, 31 episodes in all. I'm not even sure whether they all actually aired on TV. And um, I put the wiki page up there. And that's about all I know about it. Um, so over to you, Logan, if you don't mind. Okay. Well, I had the advantage of watching every one of the episodes. And I'll say this. For something that is not considered part of the Terminator canon, it doesn't truly fit in with the films. I think it was a good little alternate universe type side mission. Uh, it starts off, it takes place after, a couple of years after T2. Uh, Sarah and John are living comfortably. She's engaged. And all of a sudden, the Terminators start coming back. One of his schoolmates turns out to be Cameron, who is played by Summer Gall, uh, the female Terminator. And they, they take her into the family because she's sent back to, as a unknown model, to protect John. Excuse me, is that the girl from Firefly? Uh, That's from the Serenity. girl from Firefly. Yep. From Serenity, yeah. Uh, and she does a fantastic job as it. She has that cold uh, Terminator look, but she's also trying to become human so she can fit in as because she's supposed to be a high school age student. Uh, John's about 17 in this film. And what happens in the first two-hour pilot, and this will be some spoilers, is they are thrust forward in time seven years to 2007. And that's where the rest of the series takes place. And it's just each week, it's it's continual Terminators coming in. They're trying to to stop Skynet from ever being created ahead of time. They introduce some new characters in there. One of them is played, let me go down and get his name here just to, to make sure. It's uh, Brian Austin Green, and he's playing Derek Reese, who's Kyle Reese's older brother. So he comes into the show, so they're introducing more into to the Reese family into the show. Uh all the episodes did air, and I, I thought it was a very decent film or series for, for what it did. My only complaint was, and this is something we were talking earlier, especially with Sarah, that there was always the tension you didn't, the, the uh, suspense, you never had that here. Because you always knew that the main actors would make it to the end. Uh, there was never no real threat for John, for Sarah, or for Cameron. So that's that's the only thing that disturbed me as part of being a Terminator series. Right. So did it actually finish its run as such? It wasn't actually pulled, was it? They just didn't well, give the go-ahead for a third series? It was cancelled, and it left on something of a of a cliffhanger. There was a character that was introduced into the film. She was, she was played by Shirley Manson, and it was uh, Catherine Weaver. And all throughout the show, the series, the viewers know that she's a Terminator of some sort. She's a shape-shifting Terminator. And she's disguised as the CEO of this high-tech corporation. And she's out there looking for John the whole time. And in the final 
episode of the second season, the one that turned out to be the the series finale, right. it turned out that she was against Skynet, and she's trying to make an allegiance with John Connor to fight Skynet. This whole time you're thinking that it, she's part of Skynet, coming after John, but it turns out that she's actually fighting Skynet, but you're not exactly sure where her allegiance is. And then it, then it leads to the cliffhanger. Would you think that that was a twist that the writers came up with to try and save and buy a, a third series? Or do you think that was something that they probably had written in the script from the start? Would you think? Uh, they were asked that during the time, and they they claim, so I can only go by what the writers yes. say, they claim that this was the plan the whole along and that there was little hints or secrets throughout the season leading up to it. If you knew what to look for, I just never caught them myself. I right. never at any point thought, because a lot of times you can figure out halfway through Yeah, this is what's going on. I never saw that coming. So yeah. I'm not sure if they changed it at the last moment to to try to ensure another season. But yeah. It's like with the True Calling when you thought they thought that they was going to get pulled, that they, they brought in, you know, because it turned out that she was like trying to save one person a week. They had to then complicate her life to uh, to give an added dimension to the show, but it seemed to have come too late, and they they finally didn't even air the last six episodes. Although I believe if you buy the True Calling DVD block set, which I have somewhere, I think, um, you, you know, you get to see those extra episodes. So, um, Tim, have you seen any of the uh, the TV I've series? S- I've seen absolutely nothing of it. I, I, it's one of them shows that I might have seen bits of as I've been flicking channels, but I've never actually seen an episode. Right. Do you do you know if it's out on uh, in uh, in the UK on DVD yet? I should. Yeah, I think it is because I remember reading that there was a Blu-ray of it, so there will be a DVD. Oh, right. Might look out for that. And uh, I know I don't know whether Ian's back in the room. For those of you who have not listened to the whole show, um, I didn't come in right at the beginning. Um, Ian's got uh, weather conditions at his end. So he keeps um, having to duck out and uh, mute himself, I think. Uh, and, of for the course, moment. Diane's audio's gone. So, Ian, uh, did you watch any of it? Did you catch any of the episodes? I actually only caught, like, one episode. Um, I, I kind of approached the same as, as you, Logan. I'm like, um, well, hang on. This takes place in between the movies that I've seen. So already I kind of know the outcome. Unless they're doing an alternate, alternate universe which apparently they weren't, according to, you know, what I looked up. It, it just, I don't know, it, it meant I looked at it and went, really? I don't think so. But I did see one episode, and, it, and it, you know, it looked like it was well done. And so enjoyment value, I'm sure people who watched it enjoyed it. Um, you know, general public, because there's, there's always a big difference between hardcore fans of, you know, sci-fi and particularly these movies who say, oh, well, that's not right because Skynet did this and that and the other. And then there's general public who watch something just for the sheer entertainment value. And it looked like it was very entertaining and and, and well put together. But, um, yeah, it wasn't something that I really thought I'd spend any time watching because I'm like, yeah, I know how this this ends. (laughs) Yeah, one well, thing, Logan, I'd ask is, um, I've, I've just looked on the wiki page there, and there's a 
there's um, a, a promotional poster there of Summer Glau as the Terminator, and she looks very much like the Cyber, uh, sorry, not the Cyber, the Borg Queen from Star Trek. I mean, that, that sort of, you know, the the top half of the torso with the with the hanging spine below. I mean, surely that probably got a few people annoyed, did it not? Well, they never showed that a scene like that in the film. That's the thing ah. in the in the series. Right. I mean, so they never they had they had all these different posters like that out there advertising in the magazines weeks before it came out, but there was never a scene like that. Right. Right. And what I was, what I was going to say because I mentioned this when I was talking about Terminator Three, how in a way it ties together. And the reason they're they're looking at it is kind of like a uh, alternate universe, because in Terminator Three they made the comment that Sarah Connors had died. I believe it it was around two thousand four, two thousand five, from leukemia. And in here, they start in 1999, then they jump forward to 2007, bypassing her death. Mm. And there's a couple of episodes in there where she's actually going to the doctor to be checked out and examined to see about leukemia, because Cameron the Terminator had told her about that, about her, her dying. So they're going to, she, they show her going to the doctor and being checked out to see if she has leukemia. So now never... time travels a cure for cancer. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So well, but they, reality, never, they never do resolve that. Right. So. But okay. as for the third well, season, like I, like I posted in the, the chat room here, it looks like they are trying to sell it off to sci-fi to see if they can get a third season out of it. it there just doesn't know there's anyone biting on it. Yeah. So what was your reaction when, when you know, is is too serious. You weren't sort of uh, wanting more. You were, you were quite. I mean, it was worth doing, would you say? But um, you know, just missed the missed the target slightly. Well, like I said, because I was looking at it from outside Terminator canon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, just for a good weekly action series, I thought it was good. I mean, it was using characters we know somewhat about. If they were to incorporate the two, I mean, that would be some good background history to them, stuff yeah. like that. If they'd make a third season, I'd watch it, uh, but I'm not crying that I'm missing it. Was it was it up against the Bionic Woman? Uh, were they both coming out about the same time? I think the Bionic Woman had been cancelled already. Right, it was two so different nights as well. Have, right. So that might have given, you know, they might have gained a few fans from uh, people who were missing that and, and, and moved across. No, I mean, okay. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be booed here, but I, I do miss the Bionic Woman. Right, well, Michelle Ryan, we've seen her quite a bit now. Of course, for people who don't know, we're, we're big Doctor Who fans here, so uh, she's made it's, a few appearances in that, and Merlin as well. It's been airing on the UK version of the Sci-Fi Channel this summer, and it, it's all right. It's not it's not, not the best show in the world, but I've seen far worse. Yeah, but it's oh. Michelle Ryan. I mean, that's worth it there. Yeah, okay. right there, looking at Michelle that's, Ryan. As, as one critic put when they were previewing it, it's nice accent. <laughs> yeah. And they do have a do an English accent in one episode. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah, I think I saw that one. That was rather, rather humorous. <laughs> well, I, I think that pretty much covers it. Thank you for that, Logan, because uh, uh, that, that section would have really basically died on the vine without your contribution there. Um, I think kind if like we come series. up to <laughs> an hour and three quarters, Ian, we, we perhaps ought to just um, mention that but next week... That up. Uh, yeah, next week we, uh, we're back to Doctor Who, uh, and yep. it's 
I am the Doctor. Whether you Whether like you it or not. like it or not. Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain uh, wh- what we mean by that title, Ian? Um, basically, I mean, we've done a lot of shows like, oh, okay, there's a new Doctor. What do you think of this Doctor? What we'll be doing is we'll actually be looking at, over the years since you started watching Doctor Who, um, your reactions right after the regeneration to the new Doctor, you know, who, whoever, you know, whoever was taking over the role at the time. Um, I've seen uh, Pertwee to uh, Tom Baker, Tom Baker to uh, Peter Davison, and it's all of those reactions we'll be discussing. Um, not okay, okay. The give, you, give you early warning now. Be prepared for me to rant about Christopher Eccleston. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it all those the first reaction. Not, not what you you know. Once that doctor was done, what you thought of them, but yeah, you know the initial, initial reaction. Yeah. Well, I had this yeah. prolonged thing yeah. with with Christopher Eccleston's doctor that he didn't seem like the doctor at all to me until Stephen Moffat wrote, wrote for him, and then suddenly it got to the end of the. Um, the Doctor dances, and I went, that's the Doctor! Suddenly he'd nailed it for me. Right. But that's well, yeah, we'll be talking week. about your, 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 your first thoughts on the, on the, on the new Doctor. Any of yeah. the new Doctors. Yeah, so, you're still breaking cool. up a little, Ian, so uh, perhaps yeah. we ought to just uh, bring the whole show to a conclusion and thank people in the room. Oh, uh, we've had lots of people one or two people had to, to leave one or two people hadn't seen all the Terminator films so chose to duck out either at the start of the Terminator section or uh, when we got to the uh, the fourth film and the Sarah Connor Chronicles but uh, thank you to all those in the, r- the room uh, obviously you know the names by now but uh, Logan, Guest 10 uh, T.G. Uh, Diane uh, Meeps, Benjamin Elliott Romana 2 uh, and the other guests, oh, I voted Saxon and the others that are at the bottom there. So uh, thank you for that. And um, with that, I think uh, we'll wrap up and do try and check out some of those Second Life photos. Uh, Ian's put some up. Uh, I think Tim said you've put some up somewhere, haven't you? And there's, there's, there's some on my Twit pic somewhere. So if people retrace my tweets yeah. over the... Yeah. So if you just go to twitter.com slash tdrury, which is spelled T-D-R-U-R-Y... You should find something there. Yeah, and we're still, we will be putting up some more subject choices, uh, but as I say, next and week it's I Am The Doctor. Oh, the only well, other thing to say about Second Life is that um, Lewis was, he was trying to do some audio recording last night and having no success, and he did say he'd have um, Victor First on as a future guest on a Podshock. Excellent. Now I'm doing it, Victor First Mornington. <laughs> yes, right. Victor First, one ST. Not mm. F-I-R-S-T. <laughs> this is the thing that always gets me, is actually, mind you, I'm the sixth doctor, spelled numerous different ways. Anyway, I digress. Yep, over to the U uh, and the TARDIS controls. Yep. Um, just in case you're wondering where some of our regulars are, um, Randall Thor is at uh, Gen Con at the moment, uh, so he cannot be with us today. And uh, Tiggs Panther is at, uh, I believe it's called Iacon. A-Y-A, oh, I can't even spell it. But he uh, sends his, uh, uh, his hellos. Um, he was going to try and call in today, but I said, hey, just go ahead, enjoy your convention, and we'll see you next week. And So maybe we'll have a, a couple of convention reports coming up in a future show. Um, but I would like to thank uh, Tim, 
British and stuff. Opening today on audio? Yeah, we're, we're running out of audio, good, people. It's going to be a short, short goodbye. Good, 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 good bu- goodbye, and I'll be back. <laughs> and many thanks to Logan. Thank you very much, and he stole my lines. Yeah, well, you could always, say, you could always plug yourself. Well, I'll, I'll say it too because it was in every film, so I'll be back. <laughs> and he will. Come with him if you today, want to live. At Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Logan's Run. 9 p.m. Central Time, 10 o'clock Eastern. Oh, 10, 10 o'clock Eastern. Oh, right here. <laughs> and your talk show ID, Logan? Is 49899. And tonight we're looking at the film District 9 that just came out. Awesome. I will unfortunately have to steer clear of that one as I haven't seen it. But well, we're doing to. that. We're also touching on these uh, Internet phone pranks that have been calling the uh, the hotels and causing all the damage. <laughs> we're going to be we're gonna be looking at those. Oh. What, 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 are, what are they? <laughs> you'll have well, to go on his show and find yeah, out. You'll have, yeah, you'll have to go uh, listen to yeah, him. Yeah, we'll have to end the recording ah. anyway. and uh, subscribing to another podcast. Or. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well, thank you to everybody who came in today and those who can no longer be with us in this show today. Um, we appreciate you stopping by, and we appreciate all those people out there who've been downloading our show. Um, and we will see you all next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, all. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.